Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. is not on the schedule he is rod i am cameron and we are back with our preseason preview uh and today rod northwestern uh last season not so good nine and 15 uh, overall six and 13 in the big 10 which put them at 13th um so another rough year for for northwestern um what's kind of your overall take coming into this one although they're picked you well, have picked a little higher this year yeah, and I, and you know it was a weird year for them. It's, Michigan State fans shouldn't forget in the Big Ten opener, MSU went into Evanston and got whacked pretty good. Yeah, uh, and Northwestern won their first three games in the league. They were three and zero. Then they lost thirteen in a row, <laughs> and then they rallied to win their final three before losing the Big Ten tournament. So it was to say it was a streaky year is, is putting it kindly. But overall, I you know, heading into last season, let's go back to that for a second, I kind of felt like we should see improvement because it was a team that looked like they were getting ready to cycle up. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, they've been very young for a couple of years, and all of a sudden a lot of the key players were, were at least juniors. They played some, some basketball, and – They'd also recruited a little better, so it seemed like they'd saw. You know, they'd had a point guard problem for a couple of years. It looked like they might have solved that with some of their recruiting, and I think some of those things actually came to pass. That the fact that they've returned a bunch of guys and they've also added what I think, at least in terms of expectations, is the best recruiting class. I hesitate. This sounds grandiose, but you have to remember I'm talking about Northwestern it might be the best recruiting class in Northwestern history. It's certainly, I think, the best, at least on paper, in Chris Collins' tenure. And that is saying something, because he's had some decent ones. You know, the the group with McIntosh and Vic Law and those guys, that got them to the first tournament in school history. You know? Um, their, their group that's now a senior class, although one of those guys left, we'll talk about in a second, but... That group was pretty good on paper. You know, expectations were very high with that group. And they're finally starting to produce. So, um, you know, that's saying something. So I think you put those two things together. They've got a nice core coming back. I think, you know, not that it was a great finish, but still winning six games in the Big Ten last year with as good and as deep as it was, that demonstrated that I think there was some improvement from where they've been the couple previous years. Mm-hmm. And and so my guess is we're going to see some of that come to fruition, and they're going to be a little more competitive. I still don't think they're a tournament team, but I think they could be knocking on the door of that potentially. Uh, so the big loss, Miller Cop um, transfers to Indiana, which is uh, one of a couple cross transfer, uh, cross conference transfers this year. Um, 
just a yeah, really we, we strange already deal. Jamari, we, we already talked about Jamari Wheeler going from Penn State to Ohio State. You're, you're right. Uh, but, yeah, he was 11.3 points a game, 40 from the floor, only 33 from the three-point line, 85 from the line. Uh, but that's a big, big loss for them. You know, there, there's it is. In terms of production, absolutely, you can't argue it. Um, there's a couple of ways of looking at this, though. If you're, if you're in Indiana, we'll talk about it more when we do Indiana, but if you're an Indiana fan, you say, hey, this guy is a proven Big Ten player. He's a three-year starter. Um, he, play, he has shot better at times in his career than he did last season. Uh, you know, we got a steal. We got somebody who can come in and really help us. If you're Northwestern, yeah, you lose a lot of production and experience. That's true. But they do have guys who can do similar things who could replace him. And for all the value that Miller Cop had offensively, one, he didn't shoot great last season, as we said. 33% was a little bit down. He had been a 40% guy earlier in his career. The other thing is he's a really bad defender, and this overall was a good defensive team. Mm. They had to play him primarily at the three, and he's just not a guy you want guarding the standard three-man in this conference. You know? So I think it's actually possible, which sounds crazy given how much he's produced for them, I think it's possible that they could be better as a team for his deciding to leave. That's not to say that Chris Collins wanted him to leave. I don't think that was the case. But I'm just saying it is possible. Mm-hmm. Then they also lose uh, Anthony Gaines to uh, grad transfer to Siena. 6'3", um, you know, average 3.9 points a game, 4.3 rebounds, 43 from the floor, 35 from 370 from the line. Uh, may have some better luck at Siena with his production. I think so. I think, you know, he was a guy that was actually decently regarded. They thought he had a chance to be that next wave of, perimeter guy um, when they recruited him. And he had a lot of injury problems earlier in his career. He just didn't shoot the ball very well. He actually played decently last year. You know, those decent numbers, 35% from three. With, with what he gives you as a defender and an energy guy, that's a, that's a number you can live with. So I suspect Chris Collins would have been okay with him coming back, but it's not a massive loss. Mm-hmm. The guys they're bringing in at, at the same position – have, I think, a lot more potential, let's put it that way. Whether they're as good as he would have been this year, that's open to question. But I think in the in terms of potential long-term, they're, be- they're probably better players. Uh, and so coming back, they have quite a few coming back. Uh, Chase Ottage, 6'4", junior wing, um, whose last year was his first year after transferring in. Uh, but he scored 12.3 points a game, 40 from the floor, 33, uh, 34 from three, 54 from the line. Uh, and he averaged 3.7 rebounds a game. You know, he got off to a little bit of a shaky start, but he really came on. And, you know, they, they would hope that the three-point number will get a little better, get a little more efficient. They certainly would like him to shoot free throws better. But you look at all the ways he contributed. Leads the team in steals, second in assists, leads them in scoring. That's a lot. And mm-hmm. this is a guy who was a transfer-up scenario. He transferred from William & Mary. Um, but as I've said in the past, when we talk about that, where you're better off is if it's not a guy who's a grad transfer. If you get a guy who's produced early, who was really good as a freshman, which he was, um, and then he makes that jump, I think that's oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes a little better indicator of success 
as he moves up. Aldridge was definitely a plus for them, though. For him to come in and, and immediately lead this team in scoring, that's as much as they could have hoped for. And now it gives them some scoring punch. He's a guy who can give them real production on the wing, mm-hmm. offensively. Then they also bring back Pete Nance, 6'9", senior. Um, averaged 11.1 points a game, team high, 6.8 rebounds. Uh, 50 from the floor, 36 from three, 84 from the line. Yeah, finally, I think, made good. He was a very highly regarded recruit, a top 100 guy. Michigan, Ohio State went on him. It was a big win for them to land him. And then he'd just been very inconsistent his first two years. As a sophomore, he actually lost out on a starting role. Um, I think it was Robbie Burkin eventually jumped him. But last season, they decided to go small ball a lot more frequently. And so he was oftentimes a starting five, and he was really good. You mentioned the numbers. Uh, The three-point shooting really came around for him, made him legitimately uh, a floor stretcher. And he's big enough and skilled enough that he can score some around the basket, too. Uh, I think Chris Collins would take the same kind of year from him this season in a heartbeat uh, because that's really the guy they thought they were getting when they recruited him. Uh, and then Boo Booey, uh, who I'm sure Michigan State fans remember, uh, 6'2", junior guard, um, put up 30 against Michigan State, uh, averaged 10.3 points a game, 37, 36, and 78, uh, but did get uh, more than four assists per game um, with a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah, you know, he's as we've talked about in previous years, he's the younger brother of Penn State great Taylor Battle. And at times, like in that game, unfortunately, where Michigan State lost in Evanston, um, and I I have a memory, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he play really well at Breslin when he was a freshman? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, he's, I think he's had a thing for Michigan State, which is not great. Because uh, Taylor Battle was in the crowd that game. Right. He was very reminiscent of his brother. I felt in terms of style. And I think he is, he hasn't, he hasn't done as much as Taylor battle was a legitimate all big 10 level player. A boo boo. He hasn't done that just yet, but you couldn't have realistically asked for a lot more from him last season. He's making the transition to being on the ball and, um, you know, to, to score 10.3 points a game, be decently efficient. And then, register over four assists per game and keep his ratio decent that's as much as you can ask i'm still not convinced that he's really a point guard but mm. you know if, if he may well end up being the guy who starts there he's going to start regardless because he's a he's a guy who could potentially be a pure scorer i mean there's a michigan state fans know that but there's there's no doubt about that um but i uh i, I like him i just I don't know if he's better suited to that role or or if he would be better maybe moving off the ball. Mm. But I think he'll probably start out as the point guard. Uh, and then Ryan Young, 6'11", 250-pound junior, averaged 7.8 points a game, 4.8 rebounds in 19 minutes. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, he saw his role shrink a little bit from his freshman season when he was a starter. Because, um, as I said, Chris Collins decided to play small ball a little more often. 
But the nice thing is he's got Ryan Young as an answer to some of these teams with a lot of size. Yeah. And um, and he's good. I mean, 7.8 points, 4.8 boards doesn't sound like a lot, but he's really efficient, 57% from the floor, 74% at the line, and he led the team in free throw attempts, even though he only played 19 minutes a game. He's He's got a nice rudimentary post game, and he's a decent rebounder. The problem with him is defensively he can struggle if you get him out on the floor. He's not a particularly fleet-footed or fluid athlete, um, fleet-footed guy or fluid athlete. Um, so I think we, we may see roughly similar minutes from him. Sometimes they could play him along with Nance. Um, but, you know, other times uh, he'll just be purely the backup five. Mm. But uh, a nice player. And, and I think, I think he, in a league where size still matters, he's a really nice card to have to play. And then Robbie Baran, 6'9", junior, averaged 5.7 points, 2.7 rebounds, 44, 35, and 67. Um, but a little bit of a down year after a strong freshman season for him. Yeah, strong in terms of efficiency. He was really efficient, man, and... I remember us talking about this, that the knock on Robbie Baran was, was one thing, which is, hey, he needs to take more shots. He just <laughs> yeah. needs to, to do more. Um, last year, he didn't really do that, but his efficiency went backward a little bit. Not terribly, but 35% from three, they think he could be more like a 40% guy. Uh, they need him to step up because Miller Cop is gone. Baran is the guy who can perfectly fill that role, but I think he can be better defensively, and he's also a little more versatile offensively. He can do more inside the arc than, than Cop could. So they really need Robbie Baran as a junior to decide, hey, I'm actually going to be aggressive and assertive as a player and, and go make plays, take shots, produce. Mm. That's what they need. Uh, then Ty Berry, uh, 6'3", sophomore point guard, uh, 5.1 points a game, 40 from the floor, 37 from 360 from the line. Yeah, I, you know, he was brought in with the idea from Sunrise Christian where, you know, Tum Tum Nairn and Malik Hall played and where Tum Tum is now coaching. Um, I, I The thought was that he would be a possible answer at the point. And, and then it didn't work out that way. He really played more at off the ball as a three-point threat. And, and decent numbers. You know, 37% from three as a freshman, you'll take that. Played 15 minutes a game. I would think he'll play at least a similar role this year because he's proven, he's done it. Um, and maybe he can help Bowie a little bit at the point. But the fact that he really didn't emerge on the ball the way that you know, people thought he might is part of the reason why I think Boo Booey, even though I'm not entirely convinced he's really a point guard, I think he probably is that for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Greer, six foot two senior, averaged two point seven points a game, fifty, forty seven from three, eighty eight from the line, but fairly limited volume. Uh, three to one assist to turnover ratio. Um, kind of another good one guy for depth at, at point guard. Yeah, you know, Ryan Greer in his first two seasons looked utterly out of place. I mean, he looked like a C-minus version of Foster Lawyer. That's what he played like. Mm. 
um, couldn't hit a shot, wasn't able to, you know, was a guy who was susceptible to being ball pressured, um, just really didn't look like a Big Ten caliber player. And then last season, you look at the numbers, 47% from deep, 3-to-1 assist to turnover ratio. So I think you have to feel reasonably good with him as a backup option because now he's done it. Yeah. Um, he's still got limitations. You know, he's not a particularly athletic guy. He's a smaller guy. So you have to manage the role that he's in. But if he's going to give you maybe eight, ten minutes a night, you might be able to get away with that and have him be reasonably productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Matthew Nicholson, seven-foot sophomore from Clarkston. Uh, not a whole lot, only nine games played, uh, one point per game in those. Yeah, you know, I really liked him in high school. Um, I thought that, uh, I th- and I still think that he's got a good deal of potential because he's a legit seven-footer, absolutely could be a, a rim protector, and and I think he's actually got the beginnings of an offensive game to go with all that. But the trouble is Northwestern is not going to be inclined to really go big this year. I think that Collins found some success playing small ball, and I would suspect when I look at this roster that most of the time he'll continue to play that way. And when he does want to go big, it'll be Ryan Young, and that'll kind of be it. You know, I thought that that maybe Nicholson's chance for early minutes would be Ryan Young as a starter and Nicholson as his backup. Well, now Young is a backup to Pete Nance at the five. So that's the problem. Uh, but I still think Nicholson's got a future. You know, he could have four more years of eligibility. And I don't write off the possibility at all that he could still emerge as a guy who's a pretty good big-time center in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the newcomers they have coming in um, – Casey Simmons, six four shooting guard from Massachusetts, who uh, is a top one hundred guy. Yeah, um, I mentioned near the outset that this is a recruiting class that they feel really good about, and and Casey Simmons is one of the reasons why. He's skilled, which they like, but he's also supposed to be very athletic, and I suspect that he'll earn minutes immediately in their rotation. Um, this class as a whole brings a little bit of a jolt of athleticism to the perimeter group mm-hmm. that Northwestern hasn't always had. You know, you can you can figure that um, the the lineup is probably Bowie at the point, Audage at one wing, um, Baran at the four, and Nance at the five. So that leaves a spot at the three. It's possible that Ty Berry claims that. Um, but then if he doesn't, or even if he does, there's still a lot of minutes for these young guys. And and Casey Simmons is a guy who could emerge as a starter, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jo- uh, Julian Roper, 6'3", wing out of Orchard Lake St. Mary. Yeah, you know, Julian Roper, I think, unfortunately for him, kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit in this state because you had three really good perimeter players. And Michigan State got two of them, Jade Nakins and Pierre Brooks. And Michigan um, landed the uh, the kid from Grand Rapids. Um, but to my eyes, and, and I saw Julian Roper play a little bit, um, 
I think Julian Roper, he, he, I would rate him fourth of those players. Um, Kobe Buffkin is the kid from Grand Rapids going to Michigan. Okay. Um, I blanked on him for a second. Uh, but I would put Roper fourth. But Julian Roper was kind of maybe was barely in the top 150 in national rankings. That seems to me to be a massive undervaluing. Mm. I mean, he's a good player, and I think he's going to be a really good and important player at Northwestern. You know, he's 6'3", 6'4". Northwestern got him, I think, primarily because neither Michigan or Michigan State offered him because they had these other guys that were were in the pecking order, right? Um, I think he's very smooth offensively. Got a good chance to be multi-dimensional. I think he's got enough athleticism, and in time, should have enough strength that um, he can uh, he can help defensively as well. But I I really like his future, and I think he was a great get for them, no question. Then you got Brooks Barnheiser, six six forward out of Indiana. Yeah, another another important recruit. Not as athletic as the first two guys, but a little bigger at six six. So, they, but they say he's skilled enough they could play him on the wing. But he might even be able to play some small ball four, which they could use. You know, when you look at this roster, mm. um, I think with this team he'll play probably a little more on the perimeter. But um, I think he's going to be in the rotation as well because the the word on him is you're talking about a very skilled player and a tough kid, too. So all three of these guys are really upping, potentially, Northwestern's offensive firepower on the perimeter. And, you know, if you like Bowie and Aldridge as starters, that's a great place to start. But now you're adding in some other pieces, and Ty Berry shot reasonably well as a freshman. All of a sudden, you got a pretty good six-man group Mm -hmm. at those three perimeter spots. That's as much as you could ask for. Now, again, we're talking about freshmen. None of these guys are are the kind of automatic, you know, Max Christie-level freshmen where it's just a given that they're going to produce in their first year. It's just a question of how much. But I think it's more likely than not that all three of these guys are able to help them right away. Mm. And that's not always a given at Northwestern. Uh, then they bring in uh, a transfer from Fairleigh Dickinson, Elijah Williams, who's 6'7", 220 forward. Um, had some pretty good production there, Fairleigh. Uh, 13.9 points a game, 7.6 rebounds, 56 from the floor, 42 from three, and 64 from the line. Yeah, you know, this is the reason why I don't think Barnheiser will necessarily play a lot as a small ball four, because I think Williams will be that guy. Um, you really like the efficiency numbers. He was very productive. Even though he played at Fairleigh Dickinson, he grew up in Evanston, so he's coming home. And we've seen a lot of those kind of moves in recent years. That's something that the portal has really opened up, right? Yeah. Guys who go away, they're not recruited by the home state or hometown school. They go produce somewhere smaller, and then there's an opportunity, and they come back home. We just talked about it with Iowa, C.J. Frederick going back to Kentucky, right? Yeah. This is not quite that level, but it's still, he's from Evanston, really did a nice job at Fairleigh Dickinson. Northwestern has a, a possible role for him. He comes home. Um, I think he's going to contend with Buran, and the, the, the problem Buran's got, if he's not assertive, if he's not more assertive than he's been, this is a kid who, from what I understand, really played with an attacking style 
on offense. So he's got a motor to him. He's aggressive. If Ferran is not producing, if he's just kind of occupying space out there and not doing much, Williams could steal minutes. I think he's going to play regardless. Um, but how big the role is remains to be seen. But I, I give Baran the edge because I'm a believer in his talent, and he's been in the Big Ten for a couple of years. But don't rule out Williams eating into those minutes. Mm. Well, that's about it for the lineup. I mean, on paper, it looks like they got a lot of experience, um, some good freshmen. Um, you know, it looks pretty good on paper. Yeah, I, that, this is why I've got them tenth and ahead of some of the other teams we've talked about already is because I like their core. And look, there are some question marks here, you know. Can Pete Nance have another good year the way he did last season? Okay, he needs to for this team to be good. Can Audage at least repeat what he did in his first year as a transfer? He needs to. Um, so all of that stuff matters. Um but uh, but I think that there are reasonable odds that that happens yeah. for Northwestern. Um, and as I say, I really like everything I've heard about their freshmen. I've seen one of them, and I'm a believer in him. And uh, and then we'll we'll have to see on the other two guys. But I, I think their odds of at least being solid contributors is pretty high. So I, I like this team. I also like the fact that Although they're going to start probably with a small ball lineup, they've got some options. You've got a player in Ryan Young who I think is really good, who you can use for heavier minutes when you're playing a Purdue, a Michigan, um, an Illinois, you know, because he's big enough to at least bang and hang in there with those guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that'll do it for Northwestern. Uh, until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.